to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 163rd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIRSportsOneWord.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. My highlight of the week was attending the 5th Annual Mayo Bowl, which is a charity event sponsored by Patriots linebacker Jared Mayo. And it's really one of the best charity events put on by a foundation that I attend every year. Uh, It has a touch of Hollywood to it. It's held at a suburban shopping complex, 10 minutes from where I live. And it was Monday night of this week. And it was interesting to be there the day after the Patriots were surprised, shall we say, by the Miami Dolphins in week one. And uh, just to see the players there the next night uh, was fascinating. And many of them talked to the media. And the Patriots know how to put uh, losses behind them. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Sunday. But on this past Monday... They were all in great spirits and really there for all the right reasons. Uh, The Mayo Bowl raised $330,000 to benefit the Boston Medical Center, which basically provides care regardless of people's financial situation. So very good cause to say the least. And the number of Patriots that turned out was so impressive. couple of dozen of them at least, so basically half the team, led by Tom Brady being there, and Vince Wilfork as well. Uh, Former players like Teddy Bruschi were there, Jared Sullinger of the Celtics were there, and truly just a, a laundry list of current Patriots, including Julian Edelman, Donta Hightower, Chandler Jones, Rob Ninkovich, Kyle Arrington, Nate Solder, Sebastian Vollmer, Dan Conley, Patrick Chung, Matthew Slater, Jamie Collins, and a host of others, uh, including Tim Wright, the newest member of the Patriots. He, of course, was traded to the Patriots by the Tampa Bay Bucks, who got in return Logan Mankins. So to see those kind of numbers, again, with the red carpet, Hollywood-type atmosphere uh, for this bowling event was just terrific. And uh, 
one of the highlights of the evening was later in the evening as the bowling was winding down. Uh, Jared Mayo, typically a man of few words, but who certainly uh, speaks more than a few words on the night of his event every year. Uh, he, along with Vince Wilfork and Devin McCourty, the safety, uh, basically channeled their inner auctioneer for 20 minutes up to a half an hour, auctioning off items, all kinds of uh, unique items, tailgate parties, dinner at your house with the Patriots, that type of thing, with a Patriot, I should say. And uh, they were just fabulous. It was just wonderful to see them acting as auctioneers, uh, right down to trying to imitate the fast auctioneer talk, if you will, and uh, they were great. They were great, and to say that they helped add to the proceedings, literally the amount of money raised was, would be an understatement. Uh, they got people bidding, and it was, as it is every year, an overflow crowd, and uh, so it, just high, high energy, and again, you know, was a big reason which led to the event raising $330,000. That's a serious figure. Jared Mayo himself had pledged to raise uh, $1.2 million over the next three years. So uh, he put himself out there, and he certainly uh, is off to a good start. So again, just really one of the better events and just really interesting to see how many people turned out and People like Tim Wright, the newest member of the Patriots, truly learning the Patriot way. And uh, again, just a, a spectacular evening, as it is every year. It's pretty much held the uh, first, second weekend of September every year. And uh, just wonderful. I wrote a story on it for NFLPlayerEngagement.com. And so you can feel free to read more details. Uh, on that website, NFL Player Engagement, one word, dot com. My low light of the week uh, had to do with baseball last night, which was Giancarlo Stanton, truly one of the bright lights of all of baseball, having an MVP year, was hit just square in the face and uh Taken in a stretcher off the field, apparently, pretty, you know, he's going to, according to everyone, he's going to miss the rest of the year. Uh, apparently, he was spitting up blood. They were hearing all types of reports having to do with, you know, fractures and whatnot. And uh, it's very relevant up here in Boston because, of course, Tony Clingliero in 1967 was hit square in the eye by a pitch. I still remember this. Everybody in New England does uh, by California Angels at the time, LA Angels pitcher Jack Hamilton. And it basically ruined uh, what was one of the most promising careers in the history of baseball. He, Tony C. was a local boy, part of that 67 Impossible Dream Team, a major contributor. Uh, one of the quickest, if not the fastest ever player to get to 100 home runs. Uh, movie star looks, local boy. I mean, he just had it all 
to put it mildly, and it all ended in an instant. And again, it's a subject very near and dear to anybody who lives in New England. And I sure hope history doesn't repeat itself with Giancarlo Stanton because uh, he is, again, one of the more enjoyable players to watch in all of baseball. So, uh, again, literally having an MVP year, he's been so good, he might just win the MVP without playing another game this year, which uh, at this point, it appears, is definitely not happening. He's being listed as out for the season. And speaking of lowlights in the in baseball, uh, just came out this morning within the past hour or two that the Orioles slugger uh, Chris Davis has been suspended 25 games for uh, PED use of some sort. So that story just uh, it doesn't go away. Uh, it just continues to keep springing up. So uh, uh, yet another low light in the world of baseball. My bizarre story of the week was the Oscar Pretorius verdict coming down uh, to put a, an apparent end at least for the trial part of this uh, truly bizarre story. I mean, when you, when you step back and look at this, where Oscar went, Oscar, known as the Blade Runner, went from being an inspirational Olympian, and I remember watching his race live, uh, to being on trial for murder, and now it appears with the verdict he is will not uh be charged with murder or sentenced for murder it's going to be what's called culpable homicide uh similar to what in america would be called manslaughter um but what a bizarre saga this has been uh to put it mildly so now as my former co-host Lemont williams from outside the huddle likes to say it's time to pay some bills so let's take our break and next up will be our weekly call-in expert AP Stedham of Bama Magazine, where we're going to discuss some big games in college football this weekend. One that he's going to tomorrow, I believe, Boise State at UConn. And one that I'm going to, USC, coming east to play Boston College, 20 minutes from, uh, from where I'm speaking right now. So we'll take our break and talk a little college football on the other side. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before... 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And with us on the line, as usual, is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing very good, John. Very good. Looking forward to the college football weekend again. Yeah, well, you're going to be there bright and early tomorrow at UConn. For yet another big home game, They're, they already brought in Brigham Young, and uh, I know you also went to the Stony Brook game last week, but tomorrow they're bringing in another name team in Boise State, kickoff at noon. Uh, should be a good one. Yeah, I look forward to it. It's the first time I'll have a chance to view Boise State up close in person, and it's always good to visit with people from across the country and find out what's going on in their neck of the woods. So, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, how's the weather looking there there tomorrow? Yeah, John, you know, I hadn't checked the weather, but it's beautiful here today, and I'm hoping it's the same for tomorrow. Uh, it's a noon start, and uh, so, so I'll just, you know, when you're sitting in the press box, I don't worry too much about the weather, but Correct. I'd like to see it where a team has a chance to perform, and there's it's not wet and the ball is out there, the pigskin's slippery, and, and neither team has an advantage in, in that instance. Exactly right. And the reason I'm asking is uh, I am going to the BC USC game, which is a night game, national game, uh, tomorrow night uh, over at the Boston College campus in Chestnut Hill, about 20 minutes from where I live. And uh, so a lot of excitement here for that. I mean, it's not often that. USC comes 3,000 miles east, uh, and I think it's the first time I've ever seen USC, so I'm excited. I mean, they're on the very, very short list of absolute uh, college football programs with a true aura, 
And uh, but they're calling for rain potentially moving in around four o'clock. It may or may not stick around for the eight p.m. kickoff, but uh, I thought it might be. Coming in from the west, meaning Connecticut first. So that's why I asked about the weather. Uh, you may get the early preview, but regardless, uh, football is here. It's going to be great. And, uh, yeah, it's, so it's wonderful that you and I are both attending, uh, you know, really two high-profile teams from the west coming east. You know, I love living in New England. The only thing that I wish was you know, uh, a little better or more than I'm used to since I grew up a half an hour from Penn State is just the unbridled college football passion that exists uh, in other areas around the country, especially the SEC that you cover. So you know whereof I speak. Yeah, John. I mean, in this part of the country, September is such a beautiful month, and it's nice that those teams are coming from the West at, people have a chance to visit the stadiums and, and watch the games. And uh, September's really, I think it's my favorite month in, in the state of Connecticut. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I mean, I think it goes without saying, you know, fall in New England, specifically September, is just special. It's as good as it gets. And, uh, and again, that's, you know, given where we're located, when teams like USC – BC last year, Michigan came in to play UConn. You know, when these teams come, people like you and I go. It's automatic because we don't <laughs> yeah. get, you know, we just don't get enough of it. And no. we both, you know, grew up around places like Alabama and uh, Penn State where <laughs> that was the weekly norm. Every game was a huge game, to say the least. Yeah, you always plan your schedule, your fall schedule. I mean, that's the first thing you did. As soon as you, you found out, the teams that were coming to town, you made sure that everything else w- was erased from the possibility of, of, of doing on that Saturday. Exactly. Well, UConn, as we both know, has a new coach, Bob Diaco, and, uh, you know, we both met him. He's impressive, to say the least. Uh, he could really jumpstart his program if, uh, you know, they could pull the upset tomorrow against Boise State. And, and John, you know, there's a little twist in this game for for the Huskies. They they lost their starting quarterback to concussions. You know, he had a, a few at Connecticut, and he he played ever since he was a freshman in high school started. So he he's you know can't play, and so now they're going to have to take the red shirt off a, a highly talented quarterback, Tim Boyle, actually from Middletown, Middletown, Connecticut, and Xavier High School. So I'm really Happy for Tim that he's going to get a chance to play, but I'm sad for uh, Casey Cochran who who can't play because of those concussions. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, no doubt about it. Uh, well, that's going to make it even you know more difficult to pull the upset. But uh, you know they do get him at home, and I think we all know that you know we know this from the NFL as well that you know teams coming west to east are typically at a disadvantage and because of the time change. And, you know, we hear this a lot with NFL 1 p.m. starts, Seattle coming to New York, whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, it'll be a little more pronounced with, you know, every hour counts. So it's actually a noon start for Boise State. So 
that may give UConn a leg up. Yeah, I've always I've always uh, subscribed to that maxim that the team coming from the West and playing an early Eastern time game was at a disadvantage. So, uh, yeah, UConn could make some hay in this game, and, and they need everything, you know, since they're starting anew with their program and trying to get a jump start, uh, you know, for, for Bob Diaco. He had a win last week against an FCS opponent, Stony Brook. They kind of struggled offensively and squeaked out a three-point victory with Stony Brook having possession at the end with a chance to tie it. So, Anytime you can play a nationally known team like Boise State, it'll make headlines, and not only here, but across the country. Absolutely. You know, and a win is a win. So Bob Diaco got his first ever win at uh, UConn, so I'm sure he's thrilled. Uh, it doesn't matter who it comes against. He's got his first win, and it's always nice to get that. You know, with USC, it's like, uh, you know, the fact that it's an 8 p.m. Eastern time start obviously helps USC. In other words, it reduces the significance of the time change. Theoretically, it'll be 5 p.m. for them, West Coast time, which is, you know, prime time. Uh, So we'll see. But the one thing I'll say about BC, and this is true not only in football but in basketball, and I always say this about them, is uh, they rise up in one or both sports every three to five years or so and just shock the nation. And, you know, so you, you have to give credence to that because they've just done it so many times, whether it's David Gordon beating Notre Dame when they were number one on that last second field goal and on and on and on. Recently, it was BC basketball beating Syracuse in the Dome. Uh, to give Syracuse their first loss of the year after they were like whatever twenty and zero. So again, they just have you know a very consistent track record of uh, you know pulling off a huge upset in one or both sports every three to five years. I've been tracking this forever, and it's pretty remarkable you know how consistent they are. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens tomorrow night. No, they're playing with house money. They have nothing to lose and. Uh... You know, they have uh, a dynamic offense, uh, you know, that, that style of offense and running quarterback. So I know uh, Coach Diazio, you know, he, Adazio was looking for something big from his program and nothing better to do it on national television against a, a Pac-12 team. And there's going to be high emotion tomorrow night because, uh, you know, they are honoring with the red bandana a uh, BC alumnus. Uh, Wells Remy Crowther, who was a 99 BC grad and uh, saved a dozen or so people on 9-11, which, of course, the anniversary was yesterday, the 13-year anniversary, hard to believe. And so they're going big tomorrow night with, like, uh, red bandanas being the theme, both with the team on the sidelines. Uh, The guy was clearly, you know, heroic in his deeds on 9-11, uh, you know, they're giving out 6,000 red bandanas to student fans. Uh, the team's wearing shoes, socks, and gloves with red bandana patterns, helmets. Uh, this is going to be a big deal. So emotion is going to be running very high. And as someone who lives here in Boston, and I'm sure you in New England, uh, you know, we all know this is where the planes took off from, so... The effects, many people died from Boston on 9-11, so 
I wouldn't compare it to New York or Washington and the suffering that happened there in Shanksville, Pennsylvania as well. But, uh, you know, 9-11 had a deep effect here in Boston, and it still does. So I think it's going to be a pretty fascinating evening uh, at Boston College tomorrow night. Yeah, that was a, a power, powerfully charged segment I watched on TV, I think it was last night, yep. and and uh, it, it just touched everybody. That if, you, if you had a chance to view it, just, or if you hadn't, just go to YouTube, it's probably there, and I know those Boston College people, they'll be thinking about their, their lost, uh, uh, you know, the fellow they lost in that 9-11 tragedy, so yeah, USC, they... It may not even affect them. They maybe not even know of the incident, you know, that particular incident, but they'll find out on Saturday evening with all those red bandanas. Absolutely. <clears throat> it's going to be, uh, you know, a very big deal to say the least. And, you know, all the elements are in place. You know, the fact that it's a night game, big game. They're coming off a pretty tough loss. I mean, Pitt came in last week and really, uh, put on an offensive show. I mean, their running game was just incredible, and I'm sure that didn't sit too well with Steve Adazio, the BC coach, who is really, really a highly emotional guy, charismatic figure, and uh, he will have them ready tomorrow night coming off that pit loss. There's no question. Yeah, Pittsburgh might be a team to reckon with in that league, John. I I agree. uh, You know, something's going on over there in western Pennsylvania. You got it. Perfectly said, AP. They were impressive. And I was like, uh, you know, they have a receiver who, you know, is just terrific. Reminds me of, you know, maybe maybe a successor, if you will, to Larry Fitzgerald uh, as a great pit receiver. And, of course, the minute I saw him and heard about him watching the game, I looked him up to see where he went to high school since I grew up in Western PA and, Sure enough, he went to Clareton High School where they filmed The Deer Hunter, and Clareton is pretty well known for having uh, about a 50-60 game winning streak in recent years. It was snapped, I believe, last year on a bunch of state titles. They're a legendary high school program, so sure enough, this kid was their star and, uh, you know, played a great game as well, so... Pitt, I agree. They they could be a team to watch all of a sudden. They do have a they do have a history to put them mildly. Yeah, and uh, you know their schedule is pretty favorable too, John. They play Florida International this week, and then Iowa at home, and then Akron, and then they're at Virginia for their uh, second conference game. So that, that's a nice schedule to those you know those first five. Yes, it is. And you know, speaking of Pitt, I saw you know an interesting. E60 special on ESPN uh, with LaShawn McCoy and, you know, learned more about him. I didn't realize he was from Harrisburg, uh, again, not far from where I grew up. And uh, and basically, he hurt his knee. He was the best running back in the country. He hurt his, uh, sorry, broke his ankle. And he was the number most highly recruited player in the country that year. But it was Pitt and their coach, Dave Wonstadt, who basically stuck by him and just said, you know, we made you an offer, and we're keeping it. And we all know the rest of the story. Great <laughs> career at Pitt, and, we are, and now he's probably, if not definitively, the best running back in, in the NFL. Oh, he's, he's a fabulous player. And, and, John, sometimes coaches, you know, they have to make these very difficult decisions, but 
many times if, if you, if you uh, show that loyalty, it proves to be beneficial down the road for the program and, and the student-athlete. So uh, kudos to Dave Wanstead for sticking by his word, and, and you know, good things happen for that youngster at Pitt. Absolutely. Um, well, that's a good start. We have lots more college football to cover, but for right now, why don't we take our break and when we get back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Big Ten and its inauspicious start to the season last weekend. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown Coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Voice America Sports Channel, the talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. On the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., uh, closed last segment referencing the Big Ten uh, and their tough start to the season. Uh, they're obviously a Power Five conference, and right off the bat, they're being questioned as to whether or not they're going to be in the mix for the Final Four. Uh, you know, after one weekend for the Final Four, uh, you know, in the new college football playoff system this year, Uh Tough start. You know, I watched that uh, uh, Michigan State-Oregon game, and there was a host of others, and uh, didn't go too well for the Big Ten. You know, John, I think there's a mindset. If you play a Pac-12 team, Michigan State uh, was down, then, then came back, went ahead, and they scored quite a few points, and maybe they're coming from the East thinking, well, we – we solved this problem. We're on top of them now. But in that Pac-12, they're used to to hanging a you know a half a hundred on each other. So you, can, you never can relax offensively. And you know Michigan State's supposed to be a defensive uh, 
oriented team, and Oregon, you know, Oregon just put it on them that second half, scored a bunch of points, and Michigan State, you know, could match them uh, on that side of the, the football. So when you're playing these Pac-12 teams, doesn't matter what the score is, that second half they might put 40 on you. Absolutely. Uh, you know, let's not forget how Michigan State ended the season last year, beating Ohio State, shocking Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, and then rolling over uh, Stanford in the Rose Bowl. Right. And, yeah. And it, speaking – go ahead. It, I'm sorry. John, I was going to say that the, see that Stanford and Michigan game, there were t- two similar opponents – offensively kind of power teams. You know, Stanford's one of those few power teams in that league. Or, right. or you know, Oregon's that fast-break basketball style. So, I mean, they, can, they score uh, in the locker room. Exactly, exactly, right. They score when they uh, tie their shoelaces. They yeah, start, I better believe he, it. Absolutely. Uh, another shocker, uh, and I actually got home in time to... to to see it because I went to see the uh, the De La Salle football movie last Saturday night, uh, which was great. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, but you know, got home in time to watch uh, not only the Michigan State Oregon game, but the uh, Ohio State Virginia Tech game, which you know I just really enjoyed. I it was just so nice to see Virginia Tech and Frank Beamer back to being what we're used to Virginia Tech being, especially up here, them and beast, you know, them in Boston College have played some epic games going back to the Matt Ryan era. And uh, I loved it. I loved it, especially that quarterback for Virginia Tech. He was awesome uh, in the horseshoe. Yeah, that, I think that was a big surprise to everyone because yes. I thought this year, even without Braxton Miller, the Ohio State has of athletes that could contend for a national title. And that's the first time they lost at home in uh, forever, I guess. Uh, opening, uh, game, I opening, opening game was Ohio State when Art Schleister was there, I guess, was against Penn State, John. You probably remember that one very well. 1978, I think, or something like that. I think that's right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I do remember that game. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, shocker, I believe it's Urban Meyer's first home loss. That's pretty stunning after year three. And I realized we all know they were undefeated over the past two regular seasons, but still hearing them say, as the game wound down, it was obvious they were going to lose, that you know, that it was Urban Meyer's first home loss as Ohio State coach was strange. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that defensively they're up to par yet at Ohio State, John. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, I quickly Googled on my iPhone, you know, this quarterback because you know i could tell he had a story but i wasn't sure exactly what it was but i guess he was a transfer and you know won the starting job and you know what he did in the horseshoe was pretty darn impressive there's not many quarterbacks can do that especially given you know a transfer had to battle to win the job and you know i always am fascinated by players like that who have a knack for for playing their best under the most difficult circumstances, and that kid did it. That's for sure. Yeah, he came out of Texas there, and and right, w- w- you know, was in the spotlight. And I'm not sure, but uh, I remember watching a quarterback from the University of Texas by the name of Brewer, 
and I'm I'm not sure that might might have been his son. I'm not sure. I have to double check that. But uh, yeah, yeah. I was look, I'm look, checking this right now. That that was his uh, his father. I saw his father play in the Cotton Bowl game. Robert Brewer. Oh, I remember that name. Okay, I didn't make that connection. Uh, yeah, six degrees of separation. We see it <laughs> on and on and on constantly. You know, especially in college football. Um, but yeah, so Big Ten again, um, off to a tough start to say the least. Uh, we'll see how it all pans out. But you know, what it reminded me of was just simply, I think, after week one, the difference that we now have a college football playoff and and how it just changes the story all of a sudden. Like, you know, we just wouldn't be having this discussion in any previous year because it didn't exist, but now all of a sudden it does exist. And, uh, you know, you're seeing what's happened in the Big Ten. Last night we watched Brigham Young play that game against Houston, and all of a sudden it looks like they, who and you just saw Brigham Young a couple of weeks ago. You can speak to this better than me, but all of a sudden it looks like a Brigham Young could end up undefeated and, you know, how does that play out in the college football playoff? Because they're an independent. Yeah, John, I mean, they they put a beat down on Texas again uh, last week. I mean, Connecticut gave a, a Texas, I mean, Brigham Young a much better game, I believe. So Totally. I, I don't know what that tells you about Texas football. I don't know, but to me it looks like they have a long way before they talking anything about getting on the national stage again in one of these playoff games. Yeah, well, AP, I heard, really, and I watched some of that game. I watched the part where, you know, where Brigham Young scored basically at will over a very short period. But I heard some announcer say, and it might have been the game announcer, he compared it to the Germany onslaught against Brazil in the World Cup soccer game where Germany's the semifinal, I might add, where, you know, Germany scored whatever, uh, four goals, which is like scoring 28 points, so to speak, in whatever, three, four, you know, five, six minutes in that World <laughs> Cup game. I, I talked about that because I was watched it in a London hotel with a whole lot of Germans. <laughs> and I'll never forget it as long as I live. And, yeah, it, it was that same sense. There was just that period within that game not where, you know, whatever, six, seven, eight minutes where BYU just scored at will. They did whatever they want for about an eight-minute period, very similar to what Germany did against Brazil. And, you know, when you, when you watch that going on, it's, it's always kind of surreal because, you know, it really doesn't happen. But, you know, a couple times a season against a perceived quality opponent in Texas, put it this way. That doesn't happen in Austin very often against Texas. That's no, a safe it sure statement. doesn't. And those fans down there in Texas, they they probably were mortified to have that happen to them again. You know, they thought last year was just the exception, but now it's becoming the norm against BYU. I think BYU was six and one over the edge against them. I believe. Yeah, it was amazing to watch, and uh, now lo and behold. Texas has uh, UCLA as their next opponent tomorrow, and that game is being played in Jerry World up in Arlington, uh, Texas, where the national championship game will be played in January. So 
at least they don't have to. And UCLA is a very good team, as we all know, and a Heisman uh, candidate and, and Brett Hundley, the quarterback. So at least they won't have to endure whatever they might have to endure in Austin. <laughs> right. And uh, UCLA, they're, they're kind of underperforming at the moment, John, but they do have a Heisman Trophy candidate in their quarterback. So, you know, they need to, to uh, perform a little better on the national stage. UCLA does to get some consideration down the road for that playoff if they're going to do, you know, get in that mix. Right, right. Well, UCLA clearly recognizes there's no better chance to, you know, make a statement than tomorrow night on national TV in uh, the other big house, shall we say. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and nobody will be remembering those first couple of games they played. No, so no. And, and John, you know, when BYU can beat Texas at home 41-7, to I don't think a, a touchdown or a, a field goal win is going to do much for UCLA's strength of schedule. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I was in Austin uh, this past January and, of course, drove by the Texas Stadium. Very, very impressive. And as I was watching that game last night, you know, there's about 100,000 Texas fans, and, you know, Austin's not all that big, big enough, but, you know, it's not Dallas. And, uh, you know, I, I felt bad. I, I When you visit Austin, you instantly learn how big Texas football is. And, uh, boy, they, they just have to be in, in a forlorn state at this point. Yeah, I think so, John. I mean, when you can't stop people from running the football, that, that's at the heart of your team. That's, it. that's man, it. the manhood of your team right there. That's where it's determined. Can you run over somebody? Because if you can, then very, uh, very, uh, you know, not much matters after that. Absolutely true. Um, well, why don't we, we still have a lot more to go over, including the big SEC game, which is uh, Georgia, South Carolina <clears throat> uh, tomorrow. Why don't we take our break now, and on the back, uh, on when we come back, we'll talk a little SEC. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. Still on the line with us is A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., uh, let's get into your wheelhouse, which is the SEC and a huge matchup tomorrow, which is South Carolina and Georgia. Georgia looked unbelievably impressive uh, when they in that opener against Clemson. Todd Gurley may very well be the best player in the country, period. And uh, he's certainly the best running back. And, uh, you know... South Carolina, uh, you know, looking to bounce back. I watched Steve Spurrier's press conference. There, there, his press conferences are just, they're always priceless. <laughs> yeah. I just love his perspective. And, uh, but that should be a great game. Yeah, I mean, you got Todd Gurley, maybe, maybe the best running back in the country on one side, and, and he's been a handful so far. And, and then Mike Davis for South Carolina. But South Carolina, they're, you know, they're looking at their season, you know, being this game could demoralize them for the rest of the year if they don't produce against Georgia because, uh, you know, that was a tough, tough opening loss there to Texas A&M. They just annihilated that pass defense. I, I think, you know, i never seen a team wanting to get to halftime, you know. Exactly. They, they were worn out. They truly were. Um it should be a great matchup. It's in Columbia, South Carolina. You know, when last watched from there, uh, you know, we were watching Texas A&M light it up big time in the, literally, the kickoff game of the entire college football season. So, uh, those fans will be ready. No doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, John, you might see that Georgia quarterback throw it a little bit more than he normally does because of South Carolina's pass defense. Exactly, yes. Even though you have the best running back. Correct, correct. Um, yeah, quite possible. Uh, you know, sure to be an entertaining game. And, uh, you know, another SEC game that's I find intriguing is uh, Oklahoma at Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee is one of the, uh, you know, to use a phrase I already used, one of the big houses in college football in Knoxville and uh you know, feels like it's been a while since they had, uh, you know, a, a really, really big game, but they got one tomorrow night, and I think it's going to be crazy there. Yeah, yeah, John, you know, that game actually is on the other side, going the other way, to Oklahoma. The game is at Oklahoma? At Oklahoma, yeah. Sorry, my bad on that one. No, uh, hey, hey, John, it's, it's easy. I've done it plenty of times. But, you know, John, I don't think those two teams have played since way back in the 60s in an Orange Bowl game. That, wow. That's how long ago, believe it or not. You know, you have these two programs, name programs, and they don't get together all that often. So No, we're, we're probably talking the days of Bobby Majors. Uh, 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 yeah, I think, I think the quarterback for Oklahoma was Bobby Womack, I think, and maybe uh, Dewey Warren or somebody, maybe Richmond Flowers and that bunch at, at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Richmond Flowers. Now, there's a name we all recognize. Yeah. Well, it'll be crazy in Oklahoma, too. No doubt about that, in Norman. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and, you know, John, Oklahoma, they're coming off that Sugar Bowl whipping of Alabama. They're riding, you know, they've been riding high here. So this is another challenge for them. And uh, that quarterback, uh, we'll see how he handles this, you know, against Tennessee. They're they're trying to make a comeback. And, I, you know, I, I think Butch Jones is – they're they're going in the right direction. I, I spoke to somebody uh, close to that program, and he believes that they're going in the right direction. So, but it's a it's another game where you can that pendulum is in the middle of that thing. You know, Big Twelve, SEC. What's going to happen if Tennessee was able to play them close? That affects the voting later on, John. As you know, p- people you know they don't forget those things. So you know, close scores and the SEC team playing on the road, and maybe Oklahoma wins that league, let's say, and, and I don't know where Tennessee's going to finish up in, in the SEC, but if it's, you know, if it's in the middle, then in Tennessee, I mean, Oklahoma only beats it by a few points, and that's under consideration when you, when you have that voting for the playoffs. Exactly, exactly. Well, you've already gotten your master's degree in reading, you know, reading into the big picture of how, what happens in September uh, with Team A versus Team B in the conference, and it's very, it can be very complicated, but I'm not surprised you've pretty much figured it out and you are just right on the money. I mean, you know, what's happening here today, no different than what we talked about with the Big Ten conference, is, uh, you know, going to have a major impact in the voting. So, you know, I think what it means is, you know, for the first time, you know, we all know that in college football, there was a perception that, you know, if you're going to lose, lose early and people forget about it and you get some big wins and it just doesn't matter as much at the end of the year. That is not going to be the case this time, this year, for the first time ever. John, you know, I think you stated that very well. Uh, people in the college football world, that, that's been the norm, but no longer. It's really more like basketball now. Every win, every loss counts the same. Yeah, in other words, for the first time ever in college football, it has nothing to do with chronology. Right, just, yeah. <laughs> you know, a loss on September 13th is going to be the same as a loss on November 13th in the eyes of the voters. You know, yeah, yeah, the only so. people who matter. Right, yeah. I mean, and some of those people been on that basketball committee. I mean, right. so and Bill Hancock, the head of it. <laughs> right, yeah, right. So it's you know, where did you play? How did you do? What was the outcome? Correct. Not when. The the when has been eliminated, and <laughs> we're although we're talking about it, it's not going to get really relevant until you know. Team X is left out of the college football playoff when maybe they appear to be deserving. Maybe they're on a roll uh, towards the end of the season. And all of a sudden, somebody from the new committee is going to speak up and just say, well, you know, (laughs) they didn't make it because of that game on September 13th that they lost. And (laughs) that's going to, you know, and the way passionate college football fans are, that's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, Jenna, I think one of the big discussions of or debates that could happen down the road is best versus deserving. I think there's Correct. a distinction, and I think it's going to be the the best is going to win. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's a new era. It's a new world. Um, so you know, we shall see how it goes. Now, Alabama, I see they're playing Southern Miss. Uh, Brett Favre's old school. 
Right. And uh, so, w- what's the latest on Alabama? The, what I'm hearing is, is you know, uh, Jacob Coker is going to be on the bench for the foreseeable future. It, it now looks like you know the quarterback situation is just sorting itself out, and the team is behind the current starter. Yeah, John. I mean, last week for the first time in school history two quarterbacks threw for over 200 yards in a game. So, wow. And you know, and Jacob Coker, he has some rust on his game right now. So, but Blake Sims, he, you know, he's not going down without competing and he performed very well. And he has the locker room behind him, so but Nick Saban, he always takes an opportunity when he's before the media to send a message to not only the fans and the people around the country, but to his team. But And he said that, you know, in the future, we we need both quarterbacks at some point. Very so, possible. So, you know, it's always possible. So, And I think he's smart because they both have different skills. And he's right. He might have to have someone come in, uh, you know, from the bullpen. Yes. Now, let me ask you. Blake Sims, I assume, is a senior, correct? Yes, yeah, fifth, fifth, fifth year senior. And Jacob Coker is a junior. He's a graduate student with two years of eligibility, John. Okay, so he can play next year. Can play next year, sure. Okay. Can. All right. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. It, uh, it feels like Jacob Coker, the gridiron gods, have not been overly kind to him so far, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just you know timing, Jameis Winston, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that, you know, uh, he can play next year for Alabama still. So that's good news. Cause yeah, yeah, right. He Two number one draft choice probably, E.J. Manuel and now uh, Jameis Winston. Exactly, yes. He, of course, transferred from Florida State over to Alabama, narrowly lost his the starting job to Jameis Winston. We all know what happened <laughs> with that story. And, yeah, yeah. and Jacob Coker uh, moves on and... Blake Sims, who's been around the, uh, who's been in the Alabama program, uh, you know, is their starting quarterback. So that's going to be, you know, interesting to watch. But again, I'm glad to hear he has a uh, has another year. So it, uh, it's not a make or break year for him. No, no, and he'll he'll get some experience. I I, I think he's going to play and uh, do some good things down the road for Alabama. I really believe that. Yes, I totally agree with you. Uh, there's no doubt he's a talent. And, uh, you know, so his day will come, put it that way, sooner or later. Yeah, I think so. And Alabama would be a better team for having him. You know, put, and he's pushing Blake Sims, and Blake Sims is pushing him. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, uh, to take it one step further, I'm sure Alabama fans are, you know, already just comfortable knowing that, Next year, they have, you know, are going to have an experienced quality quarterback teed up. Uh, so uh, we'll see what plays out both this year and next for, oh, yeah. for the Tide. Oh, yeah. And, John, I just want to mention one other thing. that At that Alabama game, uh, the late Derek, great Derek Thomas will be honored. He'll get his Hall of Fame salute at the Southern Miss game, and his mother will be in attendance, Edith Morgan. Much deserved. He, of course, the great linebacker, went on to the Kansas City Chiefs and died in that horrible car accident. So I'm glad uh, he's getting his day down in Alabama. Yeah, yeah, it's a great thing for Derek. He 
set that standard with the 52 sacks, 27 in his senior year, and uh, you know on the all decade team at Alabama, all century, all decade SEC team. So he he was fabulous, and uh, everybody misses him. Absolutely. Well, AP, thanks as always for your wonderful perspective. Uh, hard to believe we're at the end of the show. These hours sure do go quick every Friday, but once again. Appreciate all your perspective, and uh, enjoy the Boise State-UConn game tomorrow. Oh, John, you do the same, and you, you'll see the Trojans come east. That'll be a, a big thrill, I'm sure. It will be, and now is my former, uh, and now, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know